Welcome in everybody to this week's edition of the WTOC First Alert Weather Podcast. Uh, meteorologist Andrew Gordon here with Chief Meteorologist Dave Turley. Dave, it is December. It's getting colder out. How are you doing? Yeah, uh, we are getting into the uh, Christmas spirit here as we are past oh, yeah. past Thanksgiving. Now it's everything Christmas, and I got the Christmas music and the Christmas movies on pretty much 24-7. And uh, we are going to be seeing some more of the colder temperatures. We're going to be tracking that a little bit as well. But everything's good over in the Charlie household. Yeah, I'd love to hear it. I know you had some uh, some lights installed <laughs> yeah. that you did on your day off. Yeah, I did that uh, yesterday. I, I one of our neighbors, uh, I saw that he had some very bright lights, the brightest, whitest lights I've seen. I was like, man, and he had a white house, and it really just set it off. Well, we have a white house too. I'm like, so I drove up close to the house, and I saw that they were those like strip lights, like mm-hmm. the rope lights or whatever they call them. So my wife and I were out at Lowe's and uh, this weekend, and we saw some. I was like, let's try these. Man, they are bright. They are great. So I don't know if our neighbors are going to like it, but it's like a Griswold lighting of the house outside. Yeah, but you could see that if you are flying in uh, from visiting family this year. <laughs> Just look for the bright light. That's Steve's house. Yeah, we need some more of the, uh, the color lights, the the, the reds, the uh, greens, and the blues. Mm-hmm. I like those lights too. So maybe kind of offset the really bright white out there too. Yeah. Well, it is st- still feeling a little bit like December. I know we started the work week off at the 70s. Today we're in the 60s and we'll struggle to get to 60 during the middle of the week. Wednesday and Thursday look a little cooler in the mornings also looking a little chilly as well. We are near average here for the next couple of days, looking at your seven-day forecast, though. And, uh, you know, Thursday looks to be our coldest day out of the next week. And then we warm up this weekend with rain in the forecast on Sunday specifically as well. Yeah, and uh, we're going to have pretty quiet weather here. So you talked about those temperatures. That'll be the big story. Normal low is about 44. Mm-hmm. We're going to be close to that, you know, the next day or so. We have a cold front moving through early Wednesday morning. It'll be a dry front, so no rain, as Andrew mentioned, until the weekend. But here comes that colder weather with those 30s for Thursday and again on Friday morning. And it looks like, as you mentioned, Thursday uh, will be the coldest morning. Yeah, I think that uh, we'll be in the mid-30s for the Savannah area. And then you go west to 95, the further west you are and the closer you are to I-16 or north of that, the longer you'll be near freezing for Thursday morning specifically. Maybe a little close to that uh, on Friday morning, but more so focusing on Thursday for the coldest out of the next week. Yeah, and so but we'll be dry for the rest of the work week. Now, moving into the weekend, there's those rain chances that we're talking about. Mm. And Saturday right now doesn't look too bad. So right now it's looking the better half of the weekend and you know that kind of favors just isolated showers we will have a low approaching us so whenever that happens from the west naturally usually have a warm front that lifts on that warm front you can get a little bit of lift with that front itself could get a couple showers on it right now maybe coastal areas slightly better chance there on saturday wouldn't change any saturday plans it's sunday that looks wet you know a couple of our major models that we look at disagreeing a little bit on the timing but either way it looks like rain is a very safe bet for sunday yeah and the good news is there's two good things we need the rain we are looking at the moderate drought conditions now building into a lot of the coastal areas uh but it doesn't look like an all-day rain depending on what model you said and i know the gfs we're looking at that that's more of a morning early afternoon then they dry it out so it's not an all-day rain european right now is looking slower they're more evening hours Mm -hmm. uh so the morning would be okay so we don't have a first alert because we don't expect it to be a prolonged duration 
duration of the entire day, the way it looks right now, but that could change. So uh, we are looking at the potential for getting at least some much needed rain in here sometime right. on Sunday. And right now it's a little too far out to hone in on those severe qualities. I know back off to our west, they're already outlooked. That would be like the Texarkana area. But uh, we'll see as we get closer right now. I'm not favoring a big severe chance there. Dave and I were talking about that. But we'll have to see the upper level winds and then all that kind of thing as we get closer. We'll have a better idea of it. But right now everything is looking okay for this weekend more so just looking at the rain itself for sunday yeah and it's only tuesday so we'll be updating that of course you sure. get that information on the wtoc first or weather app and of course on air watching myself andrew jamie or dylan and even ron on the weekend oh yeah well, we turn our attention to the uh, tropical season and what a busy one it was, Dave. You know, was one of those where we almost always had something to talk about, but only a few systems themselves impacted the United States. So here on your screen, you can see those numbers for the year. Yeah, we were a little bit above average for the um, amount of uh, total tropical names, tropical storms. You get a name. Once you get a tropical storm, you'll get a name. Unless you're the uh, unnamed storm, which was happened back in January. So yes. we actually only had 19 names that we used, but 20 tropical systems because we, the National Hurricane Center went back and reevaluated the low pressure off the, I think it was New England coastline in, in January. And they said, yeah, that, that was pretty much the sub or was it subtropical sub or non-tropical yeah. i don't remember it was a subtropical i believe characteristics of that so uh they didn't get a name but they went back and said yes that it will be included in the statistics so 20 official tropical storms seven hurricanes which is right where we should be and we've had three major hurricanes which is right where we should be our, our statistical averages and that puts us pretty much square in what the forecast was expected to be a little bit more on the higher end of those tropical storms. Yeah, and you look at a busyness uh, level here, and this is the fourth most named since 1950. So even though we didn't have any huge direct impacts or multiple grazings, it still was a little bit on the busy side. And that on your screen shows you just all of those tracks from the spring going through the summer into the fall months across the Atlantic Hurricane Basin. Yeah, most of them stayed in the Atlantic, which is great. And uh, we only had uh, technically four, I guess you could say, systems that impacted the United States, three of them making a landfall. Uh, the third one was uh, impacted, uh, made landfall in Nova Scotia. That was Hurricane Lee. I don't think it was, uh, was it a true tropical system when it made landfall? It was transitioning at the time, but either way, yeah. they it, had the same impacts. Right. Yeah. And the only landfalling hurricane was Idalia, and that was over in Keaton Beach, Florida. That was a Cat 3, so that was one of the major hurricanes that were on the list as well, and that was August 30th. And with that, of course, you have the strong wind, but also you had a 7 to 12 foot surge in the Big Bend area, and that's, I remember us talking about this, that area they didn't know how to quite prepare for it because that is uh, a part of the coast of Florida that hadn't experienced a storm and that capacity, that strength. So as that system moved across Florida into Georgia, as you can see, we got a lot of rain and inland areas got a lot of that rain. Yeah, the coastal areas didn't really see much. I remember watching that and we always we were watching and saying this could be more of a... Uh, uh, um, 
a right side, a left side, I should say, stronger mm-hmm. rainfall. And that's exactly what happened. The low went right over our inland areas, back over towards like Statesboro and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So anywhere along and to the west of where that center was, they had the tremendous amounts of rain, upwards of about nine inches of rain inland, while the coastal areas, some saw less than an inch. I know. And if you're going to dissect a storm like that, it was kind of wrapping in drier air, so weakening as it moved across Georgia and into South Carolina. So with that, it was wrapping in dry air on the eastern side. And you're like, oh, well, the ocean's over there. Well, you got to look at the upper levels, too. And that was kind of what was causing the rain shield to be western favored and caused all that flooding. I mean, some of the schools were out for a few days because of the roads that were washed out. A lot of those inland areas, farmland, dirt roads turned into mud and it's like driving on ice out there really is especially if you don't have a vehicle that is made to drive in those conditions yeah and they had a lot of the rain out there and not a lot of wind um you know we had a lot of trees down there were some power outages but Mm -hmm. our peak winds were certainly even though we had a hurricane moving over the area i think our peak wind we saw was like 69 miles per hour over on tybee yeah i was on the southern end of tybee i wrote down a couple savannah and beaufort reached um Uh, 66 miles an hour and then at the airport in savannah it was 52 so these were still you know tropical storm winds that we were experiencing and of course as you always hear us say you get stronger winds or it is easier to get stronger recorded winds at the coastline because water has less friction than land so it's easier for that wind to just go over water maintained at that speed and not be slowed down as much by structures like buildings, trees, concrete, things like that will slow it down. So it's harder to get stronger wind gusts, therefore inland areas. Yeah, the good news about that um, uh, with that system is it moved pretty quickly and we didn't really have a lot of severe weather. We had one report of a tornado associated Mm -hmm. with Idalia. Is that how we were saying it? Idalia. Still, we're still confused. That's all right. You guys know what storm we're talking about. Idalia, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then that was right over... um, kind of on the Liberty County and Bryan County border. We had yeah, that. It was, it was in the morning. I, I was working this one. So we walked, uh, working some rotation. I felt like I was on TV forever for this, even though the storm itself produced a confirmed tornado over a short amount of time. It was a hundred yards wide. That's a decent sized tornado, but only on the ground for just over half a mile. It was a point uh, 53 uh, in its track. And this was in the Fleming area, 85 mile an hour wind. So, uh, you know, that still is a uh, tornado you got to take seriously. You got to take them all seriously. But there were multiple warnings that day. Yes. And we weren't too far away from some of our radar uh, stations. So we were thinking, you know, these are pretty decent looking. Uh, tornado couplets or tornado vortex signatures. I know we watched one that worked its way up the coast of Bryan County into Richmond Hill and a lot of those neighborhoods, people yes. home watching, and then of course, lifting north. And we did have some wind damage. So even though, mm-hmm. again, with, with a lot of that, it looked like there was rotation there, even if it wasn't didn't produce a tornado, we had some wind damage with a lot of trees coming down associated with Edalia. Yeah, it was uh, one we were glad to see get out of there. So it was more of a daytime impact though which is nice because i feel like over the past you know five six years it's been more so nighttime where we have uh, you know power outages and it's a little bit less manageable when you have those nighttime impacts so at least it was more so during the morning as the sun was coming up and that was uh, pretty much it uh, for for our area mm-hmm. there was uh, two other storms which impacted the united states uh neither of those were hurricanes uh, as you can see, we had one impact uh, the uh, southern areas of Texas. That was the first one. And I believe that was Harold. Harold. Tropical yeah. Storm Harold. 
And then we had the tropical storm, which impacted the Outer Banks. That was Ophelia. Ophelia. Yeah. So those are the other ones we were watching. And it kept the hurricane hunters busy, too. So as you see all of these points of data there, those are going to be, you know, timestamps in which a, a center of circulation was going across a track. But the hurricane hunters, once they got closer to land, would fly. And they did 468 mission hours. Over 1,400 scientific, scientific instruments were used, like the drop sons, which are like weather balloons and radio sons, except they go down versus up and uh it it kept them busy they did did 120 hurricane eye passages so wow. these uh planes know what they're capable of and, and the pilots <laughs> and and then it is interesting afterwards they flew these other planes called uh beachcrafts and they will then fly over areas that are impacted directly after the storm so this is right when emergency crews are going in but they're getting real-time data of uh the damage that's happening so that they can then help the emergency responders. So there are these, this little plane that has high res imagery that's shooting down and it's trying to figure out docks that are messed up, capsized boats, getting numbers on that. I'll probably help insurance companies too. Mm -hmm. um, and piers, if anything, any passages are blocked like roadways with trees. And uh, that didn't fly for too long, but it only flew in Idalia and with Lee, which is a good thing because the less that one flies, the better. Because when that little tiny plane goes up, only fits a couple of people, that means there is uh, an impact. Yeah, there'd be a lot of damage associated with that. So that pretty much wraps up the, the hurricane season for this year. Uh, of course, next year officially is going to start June 1st. But uh, you never know. I mean, uh, we've had a lot of activity here uh, develop before the beginning of June. So it's always good to be prepared. We can kind of relax a little bit here as we get into the wintertime months. Those sea surface temperatures are cooling down. A lot more uh, upper level winds, uh, energy in the upper levels of the atmosphere, which will keep everything kind of at bay from developing. But uh, there's always next year. Always next year. <laughs> and this year... Before we close that out, it is our favorite few weeks day. We get to talk about Christmas. We have the party coming up with work this weekend. Uh, and it's going to be, you know, cool this week. So maybe in the spirit, like you said, you already got your Christmas stuff going on. I, too, have started getting into some of the classics. Watch the, the Claymation Rudolph. I'm just excited to kind of get it's that still my favorite. holiday spirit. It's hard to find sometimes. So I'm hoping that it... It sticks around. Yeah, we were watching a couple of those uh, this past, uh, actually yesterday, I think. Uh, and my son got in, into watching one. I think we were watching The Year Without a Santa Claus. Okay. And um, and uh, and Twas the Night Before Christmas. That's the one with the mouse, which ruins the clock bell. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, Santa's yeah. mad at him because he, you know, he wrote the letter, whatever. But that was 1974. And I was trying to tell him, I was like, that's what we grew up with. That was... That's what we watched every year was, was stuff like that, you know, along with Rudolph and, you know, the Peanuts. But it wasn't like you could watch it whenever you want. If It, it was on once. Mm -hmm. <laughs> once. Yeah. And if you missed it, you had to wait till next year to watch it. So I guess maybe it's more special uh, for, you know, people my age that don't have the capability to, you know, could have watched it whenever they wanted to. Yeah. Makes it more special. Yeah, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. And there's some of those movies that I just, it brings me right back into the Christmas spirit as well. One of the underrated ones I think is Jingle All the Way. I love that one. I don't, it's not like Arnold it's, Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Is that the one? Yeah. And uh, Sinbad. It's not yeah. like it's the best movie, but it's just one that I remember watching whenever I was 
really young. And I remember going to see Elf in theaters too, which was now officially over 20 years That's ago. That's crazy. Which is crazy. That so is ridiculous. Some of those kind of movies and the Santa Claus that came out, came out in the early to mid nineties. So right. some of those more, you know, nineties type Christmas movies are the ones that, that I definitely kind are of. Are you watching the Santa Clauses on Disney? Um, I, I'm not, it was I, good. I've I seen that it. they, they have it on there and I'm yeah. not against it. I just haven't gotten around to doing it yet. I've been, I didn't, traveling too much i know it, it was something that was good michelle was like okay eh, she didn't really get into it too much but i watched it uh, i think the last one's coming up will be released on wednesday of okay. season yeah two. well i need so. something to do afterwards there, so maybe uh, there you go get into that we got two seasons of course white christmas one of my favorites it's a good one you know bing crosby danny Kaye, just the dancing and you know when the back in the day where you get dressed up when you go out and everything is you know formal and and you know more special the golden nice. age of yeah, cinema. Golden age of cinema. Love that. Yeah. All right, Dave. Well, I think that wraps it up for this week. Hope you guys dress cool for the cool air here over the next couple of days. That rain's coming out on the weekend. We'll keep you updated as well on air online and in the WTOC weather app for Chief Meteorologist Dave Turley and myself. Hope you guys have a great week.